Hello, family. Welcome back to the Explore the Extraordinary podcast. My name is Betty Guadagno, and today I'm joined by Robert. And Robert is an author, a spiritual explorer. He was one of our keynote speakers at our most recent in-person IONS conference in Washington, D.C. And he's written a book, and he's here to talk about it. It's called Impressions of Near-Death Experiences. And we're so grateful that for your willingness to come and serve the community here at IONS. And so I'm going to toss it right over to you to share about the book and all of the mysticism that you've been experiencing while writing it. And uh, thanks so much. Thank you, Betty, for inviting me. And it's really an honor to be on your show. Thank you very much. And, I, you know, the wonderful thing is that there is like uh, six hours apart between us. We are on different continents and yet we can still talk to each other. And I've, I still find that magical. So I, I'm going to talk a little bit about my, my book that was uh, published through IONS. Uh, and that's very nice, too, that IONS thought it was uh, important enough to, to publish this book. And it's a book with uh, hundreds of quotes from uh, near-death experiencers from all over the world, uh, from uh, New Zealand to Europe to Africa, South America, North America, you name it, it's, it's in there. And it makes it international too, as well. And the uh, the uh, objective that I had with this book is to not to tell people what I think an NDE is, but that people can just uh, by looking at all the quotes come to their own conclusion uh, what an NDE is and and form their own idea. And the best thing is to do it by reading uh, a lot of quotes. And you know, I, I always try to um, picture it as follows: that uh, if you're in Amsterdam, I'm in. Amsterdam, I live there. We have a dam square. On the dam square, there's a huge palace. Uh, if you're on the dam square and you're looking at the palace, you can see only the facade, the, the front side. You don't see the sides, you don't see the back side, you don't see the interior, which is magnificent. You, you only have a, a shallow perspective of the whole thing. You need to have more perspectives in order to get the real an idea of the real thing. And that's what I try to do with my book. I want to give you, the reader, uh, as many uh, views, many points of views from an NDE so they can form their own idea. And what I did is to, uh, to sort of um, organize all these quotes in 12 categories, um, ranging, of course, from uh, getting out of your body because that's where it starts. And then going into the one, but last phase is getting into your body, which is not always very easy. Uh, and then after effects. But in between, I have a lot of things like uh, information about veridical observations, because people can say, well, what are these experiences? Maybe they are a trick of the dying mind or so, or a lack of oxygen or you name it, all these arguments to argue against near-death experiences to be real. And I think theoretical observations are very, very important in, uh, in sort of giving circumstantial evidence uh, that uh, NDEs are real. And, and I, I'd like to give the, the listeners uh, an example. This is an example of, uh, well, the word is veridical observations, and I find it a little bit uh, scientifically. Uh, I'd rather call it uh, verifiable out-of-body experiences. And this example of this gentleman 
who had uh, who needed uh, some bypasses uh, around his heart. He was in hospital in the operation room, uh, and the the surgeon came up to him and uh, told him what he was going to do. He gave him uh, a full anesthesia, so he was out. They covered him with a blanket. They covered his eyes, so he couldn't really see anything. There was a little curtain between his um, head and um, body, so even if he could peek through the the taped uh, shut eyes, uh, then he couldn't see anything. Nevertheless, suddenly he was against the ceiling, looking down upon his body, seeing what the surgeon was doing and what the nurses were doing. And the funny thing was that the surgeon put his hands um, uh, to his chest uh, with his elbows elbows pointing out. Can you uh, picture that? Uh, so that's he stands there and he flaps his arms like that. And that's what the, the patient thought was so strange. Uh, and he also saw that the, the surgeon was wearing boots, he could see the whole procedure, but especially this little detail was something that that struck him. Now, when, he, when the operation is over and he's recovered, he tells that to the nurses and the nurses um, knew Bruce Grayson and they phoned him because they understood that this is an important uh, fact. And so Bruce Grayson came over and interviewed the, the, the surgeon uh, and the patient and nurses. And uh, so this is a well-documented um, example where uh, uh, an NDEer uh, can tell things that he saw during his out-of-body uh, wandering around. Uh, that could be confirmed later on because the surgeon did this uh, this procedure with flapping the elbows. He, he didn't really flap his elbows, but what he did was pointing to the nurses um, what they should do. And he didn't want to point out or gesture uh, and use his hands because his hands were sterile and he wanted to keep them sterile as long as possible. And that's this, this, um, this Japanese... Uh, uh, a surgeon was, uh, I think, the only one who did it like that, and that that makes it so outstanding. But if so, that's an important um, chapter in my book because I think it's important for people to understand that consciousness can really exist outside your body. Uh, it it doesn't need your body to exist. And Ions um, published another book uh, that's the self does not die. I can recommend that book too because it contains hundreds of these cases of vertical observations, and it gives again it gives circumstantial evidence uh, that this th these experiences are real. Now, if you continue on going on with um, the rest of the book, you will find life reviews. Of course, uh, they are real life changers for the people who've had those. Um, and there is uh, uh, about the light, of course. There's also a, a chapter about distressing NDEs because they are there. We can't just uh, ignore them because there are, they, it's not a majority, it's a minority, but they still exist. And um, yeah, we, we can't just ignore them. So I had a, a chapter in it uh, that I put together um, uh, with, uh, talking to um, Nancy Evans-Bush, who is an expert in this area. 
Um, and th that's an important chapter too. And the other chapters are uh, about um, uh, that we are one. Um, uh, we are all together in this. Uh, we are actually uh, one big whole. There are so many wonderful quotes uh, to show that. And there is there's one uh, story that comes to my mind. I'm, I'm conscious of the time. <laughs> uh, there's one story that I always tell because that's a woman who was um, in her NDE. And uh, you have to understand if you are if you're in your NDE and you you are in this other place, you have uh, all knowledge. There's no uh, time issue. There's no location issue. You can be wherever you want to be. You can be in whatever time you want to be. Um, you have all the knowledge. So she knew that once she had to go back again, she would lose a lot of that knowledge. And she wanted to go back again. Uh, many NDEers don't want to go back. Um, some do. And she was one of those who wanted to go back. And then she thought, I'm going to remember this one line that says it all that has all the uh things or all the well the, the, the essence of what happens over there and um that one line is all is everything and everything is one all is everything and everything is one so we are one and what i always say to uh, listeners, um, if I have a talk, I say, you know, I hope that many people will value uh, veridical observations and understand that all these NDEs are real, um, because that's the kind of circumstantial evidence that they are real, that your consciousness can be separated from your body. And then the rest, for me, would be also true so if that's true then what are the main messages of ndes well the first one of course is unconditional love that's seen so often if you read an nde or you speak to an nde they always talk about unconditional love so that's paramount that's the, the most important thing and the other thing is that there is this oneness that we all belong to that if i do something to you I actually do it to myself. Uh, so if people would really understand that love is important and that what you do to someone else, you actually do to yourself because you are part of that other person is part of that oneness too, then people will change their way of life. They, they will be more conscious of this and be more conscious of the others, uh, being nicer to others, being nicer to nature, uh, and to animals, of course, are very important. So, and yeah, another thing is uh, one of the other chapters is um, uh, why are we on Earth? Uh, and I find that also a very interesting chapter because there are wonderful stories there of uh, quotes from from people. And I want to just bring out one, uh, one from Christina. She is a um, eight-year-old girl. Well, was she's much older now, she's adult. Um, but she was eight when it happened. She was assaulted by two men who took her to a little pond near to where she was with her family and tried to drown her. 
And she was with her head under the water facing up. So she could see the sun in the sky through the water. And then she saw also something else. So there is, there, I would like to t tell you this story about uh, the little girl, Christina. Um, she was uh, eight years old at the time. She's adult now. And she, is, uh, uh, she was abducted by two men who tried to drown her. She was um, with her face underwater, uh, facing up, so she could see the sun through the water. Uh, at the same time, she had a point of view from somewhere above and looking down on the whole scene. And that's something that's said more often. So people have dual view sometimes. And, they, um, and in this case, she saw her father rushing over to her to rescue her. Now, during that time, she had her NDE. And uh, in the NDE, she said, uh, I was talking to someone and that someone must have been God because there was no one else. There is no one else. So I had a, a talk with God. That's what she said. And she said, God told me uh, how to live my life because it's very easy. It's uh, it has a recipe. He had a recipe for me to follow with four ingredients, and the four ingredients were love, be loved, just be, and experience life. And I thought that's those were wonderful because well, actually the the last two are. Uh, uh, just be and experience life, those are things that are very easy. Anyone can do them by just breathing. You just have to sit on a chair and you you do that already. But the first two, like love and be loved, it requires action. Uh, you need to do something for it to to do it. And, and giving love may be sort of easy, but many people also find it easy to accept love from someone else. Um, so it, both things are things that, that require action. So with that, it's it's more or less, um, well, there's so much to, to say about my book with all the quotes. There are so many quotes and it's very nice to, to go through them. Actually, I, I find it a very good book and it's not because I wrote it, <laughs> but it's because of all the NDEers who actually wrote it with their quotes. So that, that's what I always say. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. All right, so a couple of things came up for me while you were talking that I want to ask about. And I, I think the first thing is, did you enter this experience of wanting to write the book as a skeptic? Or have you always been a believer? What's kind of your spiritual journey been like with finding this information and and really throwing yourself into it, the information of near-death experiences? Uh, good question. Uh, well, actually, I, I was raised Roman Catholic. My mother was a, a very much a believer, uh, and I was uh, brought up with um, hell and purgatory and stuff like that. Uh, and only when you're really nice, you have the chance to go to heaven right away. <laughs> and I always thought, wow, I don't really believe that. That's, that's uh, for me, it didn't feel well. But 
my mother said it and the church said it so it must have been good or true so then when i was studying uh in um in in my, in uh, economics in Groningen, i uh came across this book by raymond moody uh, life after life and uh in it there was this story of a woman who was um having her life review. And in her life review, she, of course, reviewed her life. And uh, there was no one judging her. And uh, there was uh, unconditional love. And all the other stories about, were about unconditional love. Actually, I understood very well. It re resonated with me so well that, of course, when you are in the presence of unconditional love and then unconditional is something people really need to understand what it is there's no conditions there if you are in such a, a presence and you see your own life you don't need anyone else to judge it uh, you can do it yourself and even that's not necessary that's what i understood from uh, andy ears no one judges you but you don't need to judge yourself either you, you can just look on uh, see what position you had or your what your role was in life. And that's all. That's nothing. Nothing is really wrong there. The words wrong and right are uh, human words. They are uh, colored by uh, our upbringing, by morals, by uh, religions. I mean, the morals now or what is good and bad now is totally different from uh, hundred years ago, or two, five hundred years ago, you name it. It's it changes. It's not uh, it's not stable. Like witches. Wow. I mean, we 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 killed witches because they were bad. So that that's totally different from how we look at witches now. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Everything shifts, and I think that the conception of right and wrong is fluid, and maybe that's something that we forget. Uh, okay. And I, I know that there's so many people who listen to near-death experiences on YouTube, on podcasts, that are, some of them are looking for hope to hear the message yeah. that they will not be judged. I know that I yeah. come across that a lot in my own life. People, um, the, the fear of judgment, the fear of hell. And yeah, I think the only way to really go to hell is by putting yourself there in your thoughts presently, like that fear of going somewhere yes. else. Um, did you have any quotes from people who had distressing near-death experiences in your book? Yes, yeah, actually I did. Um, there, there is a whole chapter, as I said, uh, in my book, and also quotes from people who had distressing NDEs. Uh, let me uh, go over that a little bit, because, you know, the most important conclusion from that chapter is actually that... Um, you cannot say that bad people will always have distressing NDEs and that good people will always have blissful ones because uh, there is, well, there is, there are not a lot of uh, distressing NDEs uh, out there. It's a minority, though there are still sufficient to draw a number of conclusions. And one of them is this one, that Anyone can have a, a distressing NDE. That's maybe not very nice to hear, but that's the case. Let me give you an example of Damien Brinkley, for instance. He was, as he said himself, he was a, a bad person uh, uh, because he was nasty. He teased, uh, he bullied others, stole their bikes, 
then later on, when he was adult, he uh, he went working for this American organization that went abroad in other countries and uh, shot uh, or killed uh, people that they didn't like. <laughs> yeah, that happens. Uh, and he one time he took out a whole hotel with a bomb to kill one person, but he killed fifty others in 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 at the same time. Now, he had his NDE uh, as, a, as a result of a lightning strike while he was on the phone, but his NDE was blissful. He had a life review. He saw what he did to others. And the interesting thing with life reviews is that you don't only see it from your own perspective, but you also see it from the perspective of the others. So you really need to understand what that means. So it means that you are those others for a, a, a little time. You feel what they have felt. Now he felt not only the people that he killed and what they went through, but he also felt the results with the, the, the women and the children that these guys, uh, most of them were guys probably, uh, left behind. So, so he, these guys left women and children behind and he felt all the feelings they had, these people had. Now that's really very direct that, that you are those others. And that's what I mean with oneness. We are one. And in life reviews show that very clearly. Now he had, so he was a bad person and he had a very nice life review. And I have an other example of a, uh, a Kathy McDaniel, uh, who wrote, who was brave enough to write this book about her distressing NDE. Uh, and she had, uh, she was an, uh, uh, so to speak, common person, uh, a, a woman like anyone, uh, like many women in the, in the, he, she actually didn't kill 50 people in a hotel with a bomb or so. She was uh, a more normal person, and yet she had a, a, a distressing NDE. Now, in her NDE, there were things like um, AIDS. She was uh, uh, contaminated with AIDS. Uh, she was prostituted. She was uh, horribly assaulted and things like that. And the thing is, she later said she thought of all these things she went through, and she said, well, some of those were fears that I had myself of AIDS. Um, I had a judgment on prostitution. Uh, and there it was in my uh, NDE. And now you need to find a different um, uh, cause for why these uh, distressing NDEs occur. And no one really knows, but uh, Nancy Evans Bush came up with a, an explanation and she said, well, it's still your your uh, collective conscious that's still working or your own uh, background, your own things in your life that pop up uh, uh, during that phase. And um, I think she's right. I think it, it, that could come from there. But there are other quotes. And I would like to leave the listeners with a wonderful quote from uh, uh, Chris Carlson. He was uh, having his near-death experience, and uh, he explicitly heard that there is no purgatory and no hell, and uh, that's that's what he heard. And there are others. Uh, others said there is no hell. We all go home. We all go home. And that's uh, another reason. If we are all one, why would 
part of that oneness be left in distress? That's not logical. It's, it's nicer to see it as one whole big thing that is all unconditional love. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, for, even from my own um, experience as well, like I led a, a very, um, you know, like dark life where I caused a lot of harm. I didn't kill 50 people, but, you know, like I did, you know, terrible harm to other people. And I still ended up in that beautiful space of oneness. So, I mean, like if I can, then anybody can. Or if this guy who did all these things that maybe in society we might say are just absolutely condemning and there's no way to forgive and he ended up there, then exactly. yeah, I have every ounce of faith in the world that we we all end up in that space. And yeah. And I, your I your story that. is wonderful too. I heard your story uh, on in uh, on Ions on the, in uh, Washington where you said that. And it's, it's really, it's such an interesting, beautiful story. What you all, what you went through in life, that's incredible. And, and you had this wonderful, blissful uh, experience. Thank you for the compliment. Your check is in the mail. <laughs> More compliments, please. <laughs> no, no, I, really I, would see, I would recommend people to look at your, your presentation. It's Thank really you so wonderful. much. Yeah. So one of the other questions that came up for me when you were talking is how do you exercise these principles in your own life? So you've heard all of these beautiful things. Let's talk about the concept of oneness, like specifically, how do you exercise oneness in your own life? How do you make these principles digestible and relatable in the day to day? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I always say to people in, in talks that uh, near death experiences are experiencers are no saints they have their flaws and they are still human and they make mistakes and i'm not even a near-death experiencer so i make a lot of mistakes still but you know that that's where i i think that's what i tried to say just before that if the general public would really go into this matter and understand through veridical observations that um, these near-death experiences are real, uh, that there, there is circumstantial evidence for them, that they would look at the at the messages and the messages would be uh, unconditional love and uh, oneness. Now you ask how I put that into practice. And that's where I realize that and that changes my attitude I think towards others and towards nature because I understand I I more and more I understand the concept of oneness so what I do to you uh, I actually do to myself or I actually I don't do it to myself I do it to to the universe uh, and I'm part of that universe, so I will feel that myself. It's not something that I, I can't just do something to you, uh, hit you, and then walk away and think, I don't feel anything. Uh, it's it's you. You're in pain. It's not me. I will be in pain too, especially during my life review. But also I hurt the whole universe. I I hurt the Supreme One. The supreme one is us all. I, I don't like the word God because it's it's culturally colored. Uh, there's so much uh, to do about the word God. It's, it's, by the way, the real thing is much bigger than any one religion. Um, 
So yeah, that's the way I, I I think I bring it into practice. And of course, I'm a human. I have flaws. I make mistakes. I made one today. <laughs> I love that. So what is your what's your relationship like with your friendships, your family, as far as you being so immersed in the near-death experience culture? What do they think of that? That's that's funny that you ask me. You know, this book of mine that I I uh, published through Ions, uh, Impressions of Near Death Experiences. Um, it's I presented that uh, during my keynote speech in Washington. Uh, that was nice. It was uh, successful. I I think I had a nice uh, reaction from the whole from the the people in it. Uh, but I'm going to do that here as well in the Netherlands. Uh, for friends and family and for people who are interested. So I, I uh, rented a, a big uh, a church, a kind of wonderful construction in the center of Amsterdam. And I have uh, invited my friends. And the funny thing is that I know which friends are interested and which are not. <laughs> and then one of the friends said, oh, of course we are coming. We're very interested in how you are going to to talk about it and how you present yourself. And I said, well, it's about the message. So it, you, I know you're not really interested, so you don't really have to come. You don't have to show up, <laughs> but you're welcome anyway. <laughs> so I know there are people very skeptic about this. And you know, skeptics are uh, to keep uh, us sharp, to, keep, to, to really think of how we should th- see things or say things uh, or maybe where we should do some more research. Um, but real skeptics, uh, I really don't like. You know, they if you if you show them these critical observations, uh, if you if you talk about them and 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 they refute them, then my job is done. I said it. Uh, I tried to convince them. I don't. I don't continue doing that. It's like talking to someone who thinks the Earth is still flat. Uh, I can show them some proof, uh, but if they don't want to see it or they don't want to believe it, fine with me. You just go ahead and, and live your life thinking the Earth is flat. I don't mind. And in the case of near-death experiences. Uh, the Supreme One will still love you, <laughs> even though you don't believe all this and uh, the things. Yeah. And I also think, well, when we talk about the law of oneness, you know, like these skeptics are actually versions of us. So I know like for myself, I was very skeptical before my own experience. And even after my experience, I was still super skeptical as well. So when I see somebody that is skeptical, I just think like, Wow, they're, they maybe they're going to come into awareness, and that will be such a cool shift for them, you yeah. know. Like, and it will be yeah. nice to witness it. Or maybe in this lifetime, they're not meant to, you know. Like everybody's on their own spiritual journey, experiencing their own things. Um, okay. re- yeah, it's all it's all okay. <laughs> Everything is always in divine right order. Um, yeah. I just want to see if there's anything else that you want to share about to feel more complete about the time together today. I've really enjoyed this conversation so much, and I'm so happy that you've completed this beautiful work of art. And yeah, you shared your craft with us. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Uh, no, maybe maybe one quote that I have uh, from my book. Uh, that's that's very nice. Um, 
You know, I have a, a friend in the Netherlands who had a near-death experience and uh, she passed away last year. Uh, I mean, really, she, she didn't come back again. <laughs> Uh, but she had, when she had her near-death experience, she was really in this light. And she she felt, uh, this is what she said, this is her quote, uh, I feel uh, completely perfect, completely one with the light and the love. And I know it is God. I am in God and God is in me. We are one. Perfect unity. I thought that was wonderful. And there are more of these quotes in the book. That's so wonderful. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share with us. And we'll have all the links for you in the liner notes of this episode. And uh, thank you for your service to the community. It's really been a pleasure. So grateful to connect with you. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you very much. Of course. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>